On this episode of the Sacred Playgrounds podcast, we're talking about COVID-19 in camp. How has this pandemic affected our outdoor ministry sites? Were camps able to operate safely? And what have we learned? And more, how are we applying that to what's ahead? We believe there's a really bright future for camp. And the world needs camp maybe more than ever. Welcome to the Sacred Playgrounds Podcast, where we dive deeply into theology, research, and practical wisdom for camps, retreat centers, and other key ministry spaces. I'm your host, Jared Rendell, camp enthusiast and part of the Sacred Playgrounds team. This podcast features Dr. Jake Swenson, a scholar and practitioner who's helping us all think more deeply about outdoor ministries. Wonder with us what God might have in store at your Sacred Playground. Hey, welcome everybody to the playground, episode two of the Sacred Playgrounds podcast. Jake, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, doing well. It's uh, summer's coming to an end as we're recording this, so the boys are about ready to go back to school. We got sports starting. Uh, camp has come to a come to an end for most of our camps, so it's a exciting transitional time. That is, yeah, we're excited for our kiddos to to head back into school there. They're getting ready to, while also mentally preparing for the, all the possibilities, which is part of what we're going to talk about a little bit today. So like you said, here we are at the end of the summer. I got to go back to camp for a couple weeks this summer. You've spent a few weeks at camp this summer. So seems like you said a good time to, to talk about that. It was kind of a hard one, right? For a lot of camps, it was, it was a hard one. Um, those, that, those that had it, I got to spend a couple weeks filling in uh, as, a, as a director at one of the camps that I had worked at and was, was called back to help out um, in part because of these challenges, challenges like staffing, challenges like things going on with the pandemic. So, so let's talk about that for a few. What are you seeing and hearing right now from uh, these camp directors at the end of this summer? You know, people are tired. I, I think mm-hmm. in, in some ways this was the hardest summer in the history of camping ministry. And I don't say that lightly. Like there have been some some hard ones in the past with uh, different things going on in, in, around, the, around the country and around the world. But this one, um, with COVID-19 and with the challenges that accompanied that, um, has been really challenging. And so directors are tired. Like, as I talk to them, they're just, they, they sound beaten down. I think there might be a lot of mobility in the next um, few months here as, as people consider whether uh, they're going to keep doing this. Um, at least in the place where they are. And that's, that's tough to hear. You know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a little disheartening in some ways. You know, there's been some, some great stories in terms of the ministry that happened at camp, but it was very hard. Um, and, you know, I think there's, there's several things that go along uh, into that. Um, certainly the, the, the pandemic is the primary cause. Um, and so trying to figure out what measures to put in place to prevent campers and staff from becoming sick or for there to be an outbreak at camp. Uh, that was a really big challenge for these directors, especially as uh, the pandemic shifted during the course of the summer. I mean, as they were preparing for the summer, there were these recommendations in place. The recommendations changed at least twice in right. April and May and early June. Um, and they had to adjust what they were going to do then after they had already put safety guidelines in place. Um, some camps, 
Uh, so, for example, Illinois, they were prohibited from opening, and then suddenly yeah. the state reversed course in it was May or June even, and some camps wow. were able to open then. And so it was just it was kind of a moving target in terms of uh, the COVID measures and COVID recommendations. And then, of course, the infections bottomed out, you know, midsummer, and it seemed like things were going really great. And then towards the end of the summer, the infections really started to pick back up again, and different measures had to be put back in place. And so that was a very difficult thing. And, um, you know, a lot of the directors or program directors had to become proficient in administering tests, because they had to be able to, to test campers yeah. and the staff that had any sort of symptoms. Um, and so that was uh, a new certification that they had to get and a new burden that they had to shoulder. Um, so there was that for sure. And then, of course, how, with how politicized the pandemic has become and things like, uh, you know, simple measures like wearing a mask have become uh, so contentious in our society that directors are getting pushback from parents, uh, especially in terms of either they don't have enough guidelines in place, you know, they're not keeping the campers safe enough, or on the other side of things, like unmask our children, you know, you can't, you can't have them wearing masks ever, you know, not even when they're inside in a, in a large group. And so, so that was trying to deal with those responses amidst all the other challenges of camp uh, was a challenging part. And then of course, staffing, we'll, we'll talk about staffing, I think, because that was, that was maybe the biggest challenge of the whole summer. Um, but also brought about by the pandemic. And then and then just the simple reality of, you know, people were isolated, you know, for the for a, <laughs> 18 months, basically. And so now we suddenly are back together face to face. And that causes a lot of a lot of friction and challenges. So there, there were incredible opportunities with something like that. But there was also things like, you know, more bullying and uh, uh, more challenges, you know, getting kids to bond with each other and and getting staff to uh, interact in positive ways so yeah it was uh it was a tough one that's for sure and like that's i said heavy. i think i think in, in a lot of ways the hardest in the history of camping ministry that's pointing to think about yeah i think you're right camp is is this unique melding of people in place right we have these we have these sites these beautiful places that we get to go or or maybe we're partnering with the church to do like a day camp or something like that but every camp director will tell you that it's the people that make it happen, right? And so, um, so I'm curious what what you're hearing and seeing about about the people in particular, the camp staff that are running these things. We know, um, you know, we've we've talked some about how many directors are coming back saying uh, it it was hard to find them, it was hard to keep them, um, and then they needed a lot of attention, really, um, between between training, between checking in, between you know, checking on their mental health between making sure that they um, knew how to take care of themselves and each other to your point about those, you know, we're learning how to be together again. Um, and especially in a setting like that, that is so together, so often, we had done the opposite for so long. So let's talk about those people a little bit, those camp staff. Why do you think this was such a difficult year to find staff to keep staff? And, and do they have such a, you know, such a hard summer on those people in a lot of ways? There were multiple forces in play here. And so they all added up to make it exactly what you described as this really challenging environment to hire staff and to retain staff. The first thing to think about is that most camps closed in 2020. There were a few that were able to open. There were, there were a few that kind of hired their staff anyway and just had them on camp doing different, different projects. But 
they weren't there interacting with the kids in the same way. But a lot of these camps, they, they, they didn't hire any summer staff. And so coming into summer 2021, you had very few, if any, returning summer staff. And that becomes uh, one of your primary reservoirs for hiring staff for the summer is the, the staff that worked here last summer. And so you didn't have that. And, and so you were starting basically from zero instead of starting from, you know, at least a third of the staff returning or maybe up to a half of the staff returning. And so that right. was a challenge to begin with. But then you're talking about how do we usually hire staff? Well, usually these staff members are college age students and we were not allowed on college campuses for recruiting. And so all of the recruiting had to be done virtually or through contacts that we knew. Um, and so that was a big challenge to get new staff, people that weren't familiar with the camp. So one, you didn't have staff from last year. You didn't have your staff and mm -hmm. training programs going on in 2020. And now you, your, your primary means of recruiting staff aren't there. And so that makes a really challenging environment. And add to that, that it's an ongoing pandemic. And so these young adults have to think about, do I want to work at a place like camp? You know, so during some of the primary recruiting months in, in February and March, the pandemic was raging. It was at, it was at its peak. Right. And so a lot of those young people were like, you know what? That sounds like a really dangerous thing. And I don't even know if camp's going to be allowed to happen this summer. So there was, so they were also behind in, in terms of uh, being able to hire the staff. Sure. Um, and so what, what ended up happening was, as we got closer to the summer, a lot of the camps were scrambling to find staff. Well, the, at the same time, in state, let's say April into May, when they're, when they're scrambling to find staff, everything was reopening. All of the other industries um, were reopening, the resorts were reopening, and, they, and the fast food restaurants, and they were all looking for the same demographic, this young adult age group higher and so it became a really competitive time to try to get these quality summer staff members and so a lot of camps started the summer short on staff so i i did a staff training session at a camp uh, near me and when i arrived to do staff training it was maybe day two out of a two-week staff training and they were at that point short six counselors three male counselors oh. and three female counselors and we're, we're, it's during staff training, and they're still that short in terms of counseling staff, not to mention all the support staff roles. Um, and I heard this from so many camps that were really struggling to hire staff. So a lot of the camps ended up canceling programs um, or closing cabin groups down so that they, they consolidated a little bit. And Limiting so they were able to things like that, but it, was also, it also meant that there was, there was less support on site for these different staff members and so now imagine we've got all these challenges going on post-pandemic or mid-pandemic as we still are in terms of social interaction and a little more bullying so there's a little more challenges like that you have less experienced staff because they weren't around last year and now there are fewer staff so people are more stressed than they would normally be because they don't have the normal support and that's where you ended up having some staff get so burned out but they just said, I, I gotta, I gotta go. And so, so you had multi, I, I heard multiple reports of camps that lost staff midsummer. And so they're already short staffed and then one or two staff leave, they bail on them. And that just stresses out the rest of the staff even more. 
And so it was a challenge this summer. And I, I heard this from a lot of camps. <laughs> you know, of all the camps that I talked with, I can only think of two that said, oh, yeah, you know, we thought it was going to be tough, but it was a really, really great summer, you know, <laughs> and um, kind of unexpectedly mm-hmm. great. Otherwise, it's mostly been, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels good to it feels good to acknowledge that a bit. That is is a is a good first step of you know processing uh, things, because it, like you said, there's the, there was this domino, this perfect storm of of things that were hard, and then and then this fell and this fell and this fell. You mentioned something um, uh, back a bit in there that you potentially foresee, um, and so I'm in, I'm interested to hear. You talked about a potential mobility of some of these, especially either executive or uh, that you know program director kind of kind of really key leaders key um and and they we know we know camp doesn't really have an off season right we you know we get done with this summer and then we're we're headed into really important planning uh, right now in the fall which is which is a lot of them are and they're in the middle of processing and thinking and uh healing even from this last summer and the time that that they had so um i'm curious to hear a little more about that um do we when we think about those possibilities and um are are we as an outdoor ministry community ready for that possibility? What do we what do we do with that uh thing that could happen? In terms of the mobility, yeah, I, I think I think there's gonna be a lot of challenges that go along with it. Um there's opportunities as well um to to raise up leaders and uh to bring them mm-hmm. on board and, and hopefully uh the mobility will be um in large part um, horizontal mobility in terms of like moving to a different venue, a different camp. You know, I, I hear this among pastors as well. Clergy members are really tired and it's been a really challenge and they've, they've spent a lot of their, uh, the capital that they've built up in terms of, of relationships and things like that, just trying to hold things together during this pandemic. And so I, I, I think as we get farther along here and, and, and clergy members see that the, the congregation is in a decent place, they're going to want to move to a different congregation. I'm hoping it doesn't mean people leave the ministry. And that's what I fear a little bit in terms of camp because camp is hard. Um, and it, it is very demanding of these directors. And um, it can be rewarding in so many ways. Uh, but the last two summers, um, it's been much more difficult to find those, those rewards than it has been in years past. And so um, I'm a little worried about burnout. Um, and so, mm-hmm. um, what I think is we need to support one another, you know, we need to support our clergy members. We need to support our camp directors, camp directors need to support each other, lift each other up. And, and that's what I hope we could do here. You know, I'd love to shift gears and like, I mean, we can, we can talk of and acknowledge, uh, how much of a challenge this summer was, but let's also talk about the good. Let's, let's talk about, uh, the outlook, um, because I think there are some some, some really positives that we can turn to, and I, I don't want this to be a just a just a sob fest about how challenging the summer was. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's a good that's a good first step. But next right thing, right next next step forward. I hear that the the clergy pieces you were mentioning hit hit home. Our at at my church, our senior pastor uh, unexpectedly left uh, just a little over a year after after she came, and so we're 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 navigating that. Like you said, these these places, these camps, churches too, um, have good foundation. They've got good. Uh, a lot of them have have good identity, and so in a lot of ways, they um, the resilience that we were forced into is is kind of serving us now. Right between last summer, where 
Hasa Camp's got a lot of good projects done, um, whether they hired some staff and they did, you know, they did things that they had been on their list of, of things to do for a long time um, and, and some good planning for, for this and upcoming summers. So what did you see on the ground? I wanna, I wanna go back to some of the pandemic things in a bit here, but we got to, um, a lot of the camps got to have, you know, got to have somewhat of a summer where there were campers on site. Um, what did things look like on the ground at camp? What were some of the trends from camp this particular summer? What did you see? Yeah, so um, here's where we can really look at some of the positives, right? Like, we did it. We made it through, you know, and, 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 and camp was great in so many ways. And there were smiles and there was laughter and the gospel was shared and people were praising Christ. Um, and, and so it, it looked different in some ways from, from previous summers because of the way that uh, the groups were cohorted a little, a little more tightly um, and, and didn't have like as many of the large group gatherings and things like that. But there's, there's also evidence that, that a lot of that was positive. And so when we did this survey of parents, we actually did this in 2020 with some of the camps that were open in 2020 um, and, and looked at parent responses and they, they were comparing uh, their, their child's experience if they had gone in the previous year in 2019 with 2020. Um, and uh, they were, they were looking at all sorts of different aspects of camp. And a lot of times they were saying this was better than previous summers. And so something like the social interaction, they were saying this was better. It was more positive this year than it was last year. And I think part of that has to do with the cohorting model. We're, 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 getting, uh, we're, we're being forced to do more of the decentralized type of ministry, even for centralized camps that have the dining hall and they do all camp games and things like that. They were still required to do more of the small group stuff. And I think there's a benefit to that um, in, in, terms of, in terms of camper interaction um, and building relationships and things like that. You know, there might not be as much of the big rally excitement sort of stuff. And that's okay too. You know, you can, you can do a both and it, it, even if you're a centralized camp. And so I think there were some positives there. Just as we look at um, the, the biggest challenges of the pandemic in terms of social isolation, in terms of depression and anxiety, uh, we see increases in all of those things in all, all age groups, um, including children, um, maybe especially children. And, and the research is just starting to come out about what is the effect of this pandemic and the isolation on the young people. They've had to do school online. There's been all this uncertainty. They've, they've had some of their favorite activities canceled. So simply being able to have camp was a huge blessing for these young people. Yes, it was hard. And so on the ground, what did we hear? We heard that you know, there were more challenges in terms of kids getting along and, and building relationships in the cabin groups. Um, there, there was, they had to be more vigilant in terms of things like bullying. Um, and, and all of this is the result of what's been going on during the pandemic. Um, kids being isolated, uh, more online, interacting with the, the online media, which is just notoriously mean-spirited. Um, and then getting back together and figuring out what does it mean to be back together? What does it mean to be in a group? So we wouldn't, shouldn't be surprised that there's a little more um, of this difficult social interaction this summer compared to previous summers. What we can say is that camp is a positive place for those things to be, to be reconciled, uh, for there to be some understanding um, that this is not okay. This is not how we treat people. Um, you, you need to look each other in the eyes. Um, and, and, and develop relationships this way. And, and that, that really leads to tolerance, forgiveness, 
um, and relationship building, acceptance of, uh, of diversity and, and, and differences. And so those things were present at camp this summer. We can celebrate those things. So as hard as this summer was, <laughs> um, let's celebrate that we were able to have camp and that some great ministry was done in these wonderful places. I mean, camp is such an indispensable ministry. You know this, I know this, the research uh, shows this. And I really, really strongly believe that we now need camp more than ever. And that this summer was essential uh, for building back into a, into a positive society um, and to a strong church in our, in our communities. Amen. Let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we've got a couple things to talk about. One, some more about the outlook of camp, about some of the good news going forward, right? Looking ahead into um, into this next season, into into future years, and uh, I'd love to hear about what you're seeing there. And then uh, a little bit about um, what really happened with this pandemic this summer. You know, people are are curious about were there were there outbreaks? Was was camp safe? What kinds of things were they doing? So. We'll take a moment to talk about uh, those things, too. Do you like what you're hearing? Go deeper into the research and best practices of Christian camping with Sacred Playgrounds, the book. This brand new resource is Jake's most comprehensive contribution to the field of outdoor ministry. It is loaded with stories and research from Christian camps across the country and around the world. It traces the history and theology of outdoor ministry, focusing on the five fundamental characteristics of Christian summer camp. This is the premier resource for Christian camp professionals, church leaders, camper parents, and all those passionate about camping ministry. Order Sacred Playgrounds wherever you get your books. All right, welcome back, everyone. Jake, let's take a minute and talk about this pandemic a bit in terms of how did it how did it really affect camp how did it really affect camp this summer we know that most camps didn't open last summer this summer most did um with that with a bit of you know a bit of the other on on both of those summers the challenges that we talked about a little bit earlier a lot of that as you said stemmed from the realities of this pandemic and what it means for gathering so um there was there was some national news about uh, about outbreaks at camps what kinds of things did you see there? How prevalent were these outbreaks? And then um, what did you hear and see from camps in terms of how they were mitigating these things? Of course, they're, they're, they're unique. Different camps have different settings and, um, and things like that. What, what are we hearing overall? What measures did they take? And, and what kind of happened this summer um, in terms of things like outbreaks and things like that at camp? Yeah, I mean, COVID was the, was the top news story, of course, of the summer again. And uh, for good reason, you know, uh, we're still in the midst of this pandemic and uh, camps had to figure out how to navigate this. And there were some recommendations. And as we as we said earlier, those recommendations were, were changing, um, not really constantly, but it felt like that as directors were trying to get ready for the summer and plan programs and hire staff. They also had to refigure all of these different COVID protocols that they had put into place. And so there were some important recommendations that the CDC made in terms of camp operations. Um, now, these weren't mandatory. There were only a few states that had mandatory recommendations. I mentioned Illinois uh, didn't allow camps to open for a, a, a period of several months until finally they, they sort of relented and said, oh, it looks like it's gonna be safe, let's, let's open camps. Um, and then those camps had to scramble. Um, 
but other camps, you know, they were putting these protocols in place. And so some of the some of the key ones um, were one, the cohorting model. And so mm -hmm. rather than having the entire camp interact with each other all the time, making sure that campers were cohorted, uh, specifically in, in, in kind of cabin size groups, you know, those groups of seven to nine campers and, a, and one or two counselors. Um, and then also some camps uh, operate on a village model where, they, where they'll have multiple uh, cabin groups and they're interacting together. So it might be 20 campers and then three or four staff. Um, and so this cohorting model, so that if there was an outbreak, it would hopefully be limited to the cohort rather than the entire camp. Now, of course, this is, they, 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 they put forth these recommendations based on sort of a general idea of camp. Uh, camps operate so differently. You know, you've got some camps that have 300, 400, 500 campers on site at one time. You've got other camps that have fewer than 50 campers on site at one time. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's a, it's, a, it's a very, very different model. You've got some that are adventure programs that, you know, they send out, you know, nine to 12 people total. It's one cohort when they're, when they're sending those, those groups out. So they, they've got to kind of figure this in terms of camping as a whole. Um, but the cohort model was, was, a big, was, a, was a big recommendation. And then masking um, was the recommendation as well. And originally it was masking, you know, all the time. And then that changed um, right before the summer started. And, and it caused camps to kind of scramble and try to figure out what they were going to do. And so um, there was recommendations ultimately to have, have the campers and staff mask inside if they were from a different cohort. So if they weren't from the same cabin group and they were together inside, that they should mask. But outside, there was a lot of evidence that they, they didn't really need to mask um, unless they were in like a large group. You know, if it was a large group rally where okay. you're right next to each other for like an hour at a time, then they said, yes, in that, in that case, mask. Um, and so they had these recommendations. Um, they, they recommended that uh, staff get vaccinated. Uh, they recommended that um, the campers uh, isolate uh, prior to coming to camp so that they, they weren't exposed. So there are all these different recommendations and those things began to... Um, gradually loosen as the summer progressed because you know restaurants were opening and people were running around without masks all of a sudden so it was a very different uh sort of sort of feel but you're right in terms of the the national news you know and and, and of course these things get sensationalized and you know something like an outbreak at camp becomes a national news story you know when in a couple cases there were 80 or 100 people that were linked to these outbreaks at camps now it is important to note a couple things one, those major outbreaks that made the national news, those camps were not following the CDC's recommendations. And so they were, you know, I hate to say intentionally ignoring, you know, but they, they were sure. disregarding the, the recommendations that the CDC and the American Camp Association were making in terms of running camps safely. So they weren't requiring masks, they weren't doing the cohorting model. And because there, was, there were uh, people that were uh, symptomatic on site, uh, a whole bunch of people ended up getting sick and some people got hospitalized. I mean, so that's why you make the national news because you didn't follow the recommendations. The other thing to note, um, and this is a, this is a challenge for us in, in, in Christian camping was that the majority of those camps that made the national news that weren't following CDC guidelines were evangelical Christian camps, you know? And so in, in many ways they were, they were standing ideologically opposed to the, sure. the mandates and that becomes really problematic because the majority of camping including the vast majority of christian camping were following the guidelines 
but it really gives everybody else a black eye in terms of seeing, okay, camps are making the national news because there's outbreak and it's Christian camps. And so it's really easy to point the finger. Um, and it wasn't all Christian camps. It wasn't by a long shot. The, the, the vast majority of our camps operated COVID-free all summer. And that goes for the entire industry, but it goes specifically as well for Christian camping. Um, the camps that I went to, they had strict guidelines in place. Um, they, they were making sure that people were, were um, uh, uh, masking when they were inside, that they were cohorted. Um, as many staff as possible were vaccinated. They were offering vaccinations to staff. Um, they were doing a lot of testing. So, I mean, you had directors and program directors that were trained specially to administer these tests. And they were, you know, anytime somebody had the sniffles, they essentially had to, to administer these tests. So there were a lot of safeguards in place. And I heard of a couple camps that had um, positive cases and that required them to contact trace or in, in at least one case that I heard, they had, to, they had to close camp a little early, but they took these measures to prevent the outbreaks. And so you ended up with a couple cases rather than dozens or hundreds. Um, and so camps really did a great job this summer, by and large, mitigating uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm curious, because we're, we talk about this this now, just in our own family, we're, we're saying, hey, you know what? Uh, drive up school lunches and regular hand washing and sanitizing and uh, family meal deals at restaurants. These are all things that can stay post pandemic. These are things that, that I would love to see going. Do you see Jake quick, anything from camp that you see these, these mitigation factors that we, that we took to make sure that um, we were as safe as possible. Uh, do you see some of these things speaking of outlook going ahead? Do you see some of these things uh, continuing? Have they changed camp? Yes. So, so, so two important things. One, hygiene. Um, you know, making Hygiene's sure that good. making sure that we're 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 washing hands, making sure that we're being careful about communicable communicable diseases, yeah. and having a communicable disease plan in place. I mean, those sorts of things are going to be positives going forward in yep. terms of, of we have to prevent the spread of these things. And so, in the past, you know, camps had things like norovirus and things like that which, you know, make you throw up or give you diarrhea, but it probably aren't going to land you in the hospital or dead, you know, but with something like this, you know, we're going to be able to mitigate some of those other challenges as well that we see at camp. Um, yeah. and, and the second important thing I think is cohorting. I, I think I, I'm hoping that this will lead to more decentralized programming, even at our centralized camps. And again, I'm not opposed to centralized camping. I think there's a lot of positives to that. But some camps lean so far into it that it becomes more of a conference. You know, and the conference model has some positives, but at camp, the, the relational aspect of camp is so important. Um, and that small group becomes so important to camp um, that the more we can focus on that small group, um, the better the relational aspect of camp will be and the more effective that camps will be, as we've discussed before in, in, uh, in terms of effective camp. And so yeah. I'm hopeful that, that that cohorting model and the small group model will um, will have a lasting impact. That's interesting, right? We talked about that in the in that first episode. When we were talking about the effective camp research. One of those five fundamentals was about camp being relational. So the the things there that we can that we can lean into, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We're learning things. There's some good things ahead for camp. Um, so 
let's talk about that for a minute. Let's take a look forward. We made it through 2021. High fives, camp and church leaders, and all of you listening, uh, parents, you too, high fives to yourself. Um, we made it through 2021, and um, there are good things ahead. So let's talk about the outlook for outdoor ministry. Let's talk about what camp um, might look like uh, a little bit ahead. How can it, directors and program leaders and board members and people like that move forward and plan for the future? We're right there right now. We're in this transitional time where this summer is ending. We're taking some time to learn and we're looking ahead. Um, so what's ahead for camp? How do we move forward? How do we plan for the future? I happen to think it's a bright outlook. And I believe that we need camp now more than ever. And that that's clear to people. It's become so abundantly clear that we need places of face-to-face interaction. You know, you've got, you've got people demanding in-person learning. And there's multiple reasons for that, right? Like, we don't, we don't want our kids at home. We don't want them on screens. You know, we, we need childcare. I mean, there's all these different competing uh, needs here. But camp supplies so many of them. And we just love to see our kids active and outside and with other kids and socializing and being mentored by uh, these older young adults, these near peer mentors. There, there's so many positives to camp that, that are now just in stark relief. We can see them. We need our kids outside more than ever because they're online now more than ever. We need our kids in person, face to face more than ever. And we can see that because they've been uh, in virtual communication for so long. And so uh, in some ways, there's, no better t- there's been no better time to sell the idea of camp. So if I'm a camp director, this is a perfect time to be going out and saying, look, we need camp. And everybody can see that right now. Um, that's why donations were up last year. So in 2020, into 2021, during this pandemic, Camps were closed. Um, there was a lot of financial challenges. Philanthropy was up. And so the camps that had um, directors in place, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the majority of them were reporting that donations were, were higher than they were the year before. And so people believe in this ministry and they want to give to this ministry. Um, parents want to send their kids to camp. They want them to have this experience. Yes, there are a lot of other competing experiences out there but we can make the case pretty clearly that camp is one of the most important things that you can do for the kids. And so um, I really see this as, yeah, right. You did. I did. All all summer where we signed them up, all the things, right. We, you know, we did almost nothing last summer and we filled out so many registrations this year. We, you know, we, we, we traveled as much as we could. Both of our kids went to camp. My youngest kid went to two different camps. I mean, like, yes, let's do it all. Um, and you know, I really see a positive outlook, um, in terms of like, in some ways there's nowhere to go, but up, I mean, this was still a down year. A lot of our camps, um, opened at limited capacity. Very few of them said, oh, we're going to open at full capacity. Right. Cause that was one of the, the mitigation strategies. And so there's a place to build from staffing was really hard this year, but you've got a solid foundation now for next year. And so that's what I would encourage camps to do right now. I mean, now, now is the time to start hiring staff for next summer. You know, we used mm. to not start till February or March right. even, but right now, start to look for those people that are going to be on staff next summer, 
you know, offer a bonus maybe like let's get ahead of this staffing thing and, and get folks to commit um, as much as possible, especially in those leadership positions, um, or at least put the bug in their ear. Um, and then, you know, get out and, and let people know that 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 camp is back. Um, that tells them some of the success stories and um, people will be willing to uh, to support the camps right now. So I know that people are tired right now. And they need to take like a week vacation or just sleep, <laughs> maybe. Um, but then I, I'm really hopeful that they'll get back with a lot of energy and say, now we can move forward um, because this really is an inflection point. We can we can turn this thing around and our camps can have a really successful 2022. Yeah, that's good news. Like you said, there's a good there's a good path ahead. So um, so the, the things that they can can do right now, I, I appreciate hearing some of that. Right. We always want some good takeaway here. Um, and I think those were good points that you just made right there. One, recruiting for staff and and marketing and the visits and and things like that. Whether, you know, if it's time to get that summer theme done right now, if it's time to get those brochures made nice and early, to get the website pages built nice and early, um, to to share those stories and to plan ahead. Um, so those are a couple of things they can do now, right? Get those people in place and get you know some of those those initial things done. We'll sort of spread that out, um, and uh, people are people are starting to the parents are doing this too. We're you know we're starting to to think ahead and and plan learn a, learn a bit from this last uh, summer and some of the things we enjoyed and and look ahead. So I appreciate those those takeaways. I think that's really helpful to get going rather than hit pause now. For, for a while where we're going to have to run really fast later. So that's, that's wise. One more thing to think about in terms of takeaways, you know, for a while there in the nineties and two thousands, there was this push to do more creative programming and offer, you know, 27 different options for the campers because we needed to have soccer camp and we needed to have, you know, rocket camp and we needed to have, you know, all these other different things that attracted like specific groups of people. Um, special interest things, you know, in some ways we can pare it back and say, just simplify, you know, mm -hmm. like camp is camp, just let camp be camp. Like right now, that's what we need. And people recognize that's what we need. Um, and I don't know that we need all the gimmicks in order to attract people in, you know, get down to your bread and butter and say, this is what our camp does well. You know, we've got horses, we got the lake, we got whatever it is, mountains, you know, like these, these, these are the things that, that really define our camp and focus on those. Um, and let's get your people back. You know, that's, that's a way forward. I think, um, yeah. we sometimes spend so much time, you know, planning these new programs. And right now what we need to do is focus on what we do best, um, focus on the fundamentals. And, and and bring our campers back and offer those things because right now we don't we don't need all the gimmicks. What we need is we need camp. <laughs> yeah. you know, that's what our yeah. society needs. So let's yeah, offer to focus it to them. On our, our people, those those key leaders and and staff and families that are, are gonna come uh, in the time ahead. That's helpful. So if you are listening, here's what we want you to do. Find either uh, our email address. You can even email Jake directly, Jake at sacredplaygrounds.com. Um, look on Facebook, look on Instagram, check out the website at sacredplaygrounds.com. And we want to hear what you learned. We want to hear now, what did you learn from this past summer, whether that's related to um, coming, coming through, continuing to come through this pandemic? Uh, one, what did you learn? And two, how are you applying that to what's ahead? Right? There is good news ahead. We've got a good outlook ahead for, 
um, these next seasons of camp. And I'm with you, Jake. I think it's bright. I think uh, some of what we learned and some of what we uh, have soaked in, whether we even realize it yet or not, from um, this past summer or two summers, um, will will help us uh, in some good ways in this way forward. If we let the spirit lead, um, God has some things to do for us and for those that are going to come to camp. So let us know what you learned, everyone. Let us know how you applied, and we will see you on the next episode of the Sacred Playgrounds podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sacred Playgrounds podcast. This episode was produced by me, Jared Rendell, and featured Dr. Jake Sorensen, lead researcher and founder at Sacred Playgrounds, LLC. Our theme music was written and performed by Taylor Wilson. You can find his original songs wherever you get your music. Learn more and connect with the Sacred Playgrounds team at sacredplaygrounds.com.